Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. And sin, I know we're familiar with the term. We hear it here and there. You know, some of us trivialize that word because we hear it often, often, you know, oh, you think it's just a religious term or you just think it's something abstract. But what we actually see in the scriptures is that sin is poisonous. Sin isn't an abstract thing. It's not just a religious term. It's not just the bad things you hear about on the news. It's not what's blatantly evil. It's not what feels wrong. It's not what bad people do. Sin is a real poison that is in us all. It causes us to enjoy, to serve, and to seek anything that is not God. That is, that is sin. Sin is in our nature. Sin oftentimes feels good. Sin is seductive, right? And so sin, again, is enjoying serving, seeking anyone or anything above God, enjoying, serving, seeking anyone or anything above God, before God. Okay, so what then why is sin a big deal? Sin is a big deal because it's an offense to God. Now, remember, let's go back. In the book of Genesis, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. He created humanity. He created us. And he created us for our sole purpose of enjoying him, enjoying him, serving him, seeking him, being with him, right? God created us to enjoy. He created us out of his pleasure and we created out of his pleasure are to enjoy him, to glorify him, to please him. Amen. Right. That's, that's his original intention. If you look at revelation four eleven, it shows that it says you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created some things you created all things and by your will they exist and were created in other words god created all things good and he created these things because he wanted to do it and he was pleased to do it right you don't make food that you don't want to eat you don't travel to a place you don't want to go you do things out of your will because you want to do them the same thing with god god created because he was pleased to do so. And in creating us, his desire was for us who are created to glorify him, to enjoy him, to serve him, to please him. And sin, sin is what separates us from God because sin says, hey, I'm, look at me, right? Sin is basically turning your attention away from God, turning your attention away from God to something else. Right. And the sin is offensive to God because, again, it removes God from his throne and puts something else on it. So you're seeking something else. You're seeking someone else. And that person may be good. That person may be your family member. That person may be your spouse. Right. You know, that thing may be a good thing. It's a good work. Right. But because you're chasing it. And pursuing it above God and and seeking to serve it and worship it above before God, that's where the problem comes in, right? 
And again, sin is in our nature. And this is what brings the separation. This is what brings the distortion, right? Sin is so much a part of us and it distorts the truth. Um, And the crazy thing about sin is that sin on the outward, like just looking at it externally, it looks good, right? You think it could serve you, right? This thing can, can serve me. But actually, sin is a disservice to you. Sin is the only thing that appears like it's self-service, but it's actually self-disservice, right? It actually harms you in the end, right? It affects the way you see things, and it affects the fact that how God determined it to be is no longer how it, you think it's supposed to be, so you seek something else. In other words, let's, let's define it this way. Sin distorts how we're supposed to see God, how we're supposed to act to ourselves and to one another, and what we think is supposed to help us actually harms us, right? In other words, when you, let's say you're in a relationship, you're married. Sin will tell you to love yourself, that the best way to love yourself is to show care to yourself, so you prioritize yourself, right? Actuality, in actuality, God says, love your spouse. This is the best way to love yourself, right? In other words, self-love is spouse love, right? Being able to care for yourself is actually caring for your spouse. And sin distorts that. Sin is like, no, it's me. I want, what can I do for myself? How can I serve myself? And that's just in the context of marriage. But even in the world, how we view things, sin infiltrates that. And as a result, it separates us from God. It separates us from God. And so this is our need for reconciliation. Sin comes in and brings the gap. And notice, God didn't leave us. It was us who left God. God remained at the same place, but sin seduces us elsewhere. Sin says, come and look at me, right? Let, let's, look at, let's look at a couple of verses. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 1 from verse 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie? It's talking about humanity. And worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So sin is when you worship and serve what is created instead of the creator, right? Sin turns us away from the creator, right? In another place, Romans 3 from verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who do what? Seek after God. They have all turned aside. Sin brings us to the side, sings, draws us away, and then there's the gap, right? So it wasn't God who left, it's us who left because of sin. And that, Paul is saying, is our, describes our need for reconciliation because there's no more of intimacy, all right? It's not just that you left and you just left peacefully. You left and God was offended because you left. And everything you do now offends him, right? You are at odds with God. Right. So it's not just some peaceful, you stay in your corner, I'll stay in my corner type of thing. What we see is that sin brings hostility. Sin brings offense. And that shows us our need for reconciliation because sin has infiltrated us. But the great thing is that Paul goes on and talks about reconciliation, our identity, because we've been reconciled. Right. If you look at verse 18, 
Moving from our need of reconciliation to our identity because of reconciliation. It says in verse 18, now all things are of God who has done what? Reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. When people are reconciled, you can say that they're friends. They're brought in agreement. We as believers, as children of God, are now friends of God, are now in agreement with God, right? This describes and shows why God's love for us is so great. And Paul was so motivated by this love. Paul was so motivated by this love. If we turn to Romans 5 from verse 6, it shows, it shows why Paul was just so ecstatic about this love. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse seven, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. If you're good, maybe someone would die for you and offer, you know, stick out their neck for you. If you're righteous, you know, somebody would think would think again about doing it. But who thinks twice about offering their life, about offering themselves for for someone who is not good or righteous? That's why he says in verse eight, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we weren't good. We weren't righteous. We had nothing going for us, yet Christ died for us. And he's saying, this is the love of God. Love gives, even when there's nothing that's going to happen in return, nothing you're going to get in return. Love gives, and that's the love of Christ. And then he says, for if, in verse 10, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more than having been reconciled, we shall be saved. In other words, what? What we see in verse 8 connects us with verse 10. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. In other words, sinners aren't just sinners. They're ungodly. But even more than that, they're enemies of God. They're enemies of God. But because we've been reconciled, we're now friends. We're now friends of God, right? So we're not just reconciled as friends. We're reconciled and we're given the title of an ambassador. Verse 20, 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 20. So we're reconciled. We now have the title of friend, reconciled. We're all so ambassadors. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is now our identity. Reconciled and an ambassador. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is someone who is authorized to go for a country, to represent that country in a foreign place, right? An ambassador represents a nation in a foreign nation. An ambassador is backed up by the country. An ambassador isn't a self-appointed title. It's a title that you are given, all right? And this operative word of this definition is sent. An ambassador isn't someone who just stays in this country. An ambassador is someone who goes to another country, right? You don't become an ambassador of the U.S. and just stay in the U.S. You go to other nations, right? You talk, you, you know, you develop friendly relationships with other nations. You conduct the affairs with other nations by going there, right? So an ambassador assumes being sent, right? And so now that gets to our third thing, reconciliation. 
our duty because of it, because we've been reconciled, because we now have this title, we're sent. We have something to do. God has enlisted us and we have to do something. Amen. As reconciled friends and ambassadors, we have a job to do. Now, let's let's turn back to the text. Second Corinthians five from verse 18. Now all things are of God. All things. I mean, he's the orchestrator of it all. You didn't play a part in it. All things. This is all God's work. Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So what do we see? God works together with Christ to reconcile us and bring us to him. 